This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans, and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than seven days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, follow like them on Instagram, Facebook at Grand Lighthouse Coffee or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10% off. Scouts over lied on heavily when evaluating talent. Teens should be drafting for the future and not just immediate needs. It all starts with the quarterback position. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast. I am your host, Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me are my co-hosts, Jerry Martinez and Kendall Whitley. How you guys doing? Long time no talk. Yes, man. Long time no talk. But hey, we got to get better business. I mean, I'm doing great. Hope everybody else is too. Man, back to football, right? That's the one thing, man. Finally. And for us, just to be able to get back to football, the basics, right? It's been real fun. I mean, we still have we still got a bunch of guests to to bring on and 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 we're introducing the, the actual network, the East West Football Network right now. So uh hope you guys enjoy what we've been doing. But Let's get back to football. All right, guys, a lot to talk to, uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, so let's dive in. So since last time we talked, there has been a bunch of news coming out, uh, a lot of injuries. So let's kind of let's go over these injuries really quick. It's unfortunate, but it's just a part of the game, right? No preseason this year, so these injuries were to be expected. Uh, start off with Gerald McCoy in Dallas. Uh, looks like he had a torn ACL, and he's going to be out for the remainder of the year. And unfortunately, he was released as well. Yes, man, this, uh, this, this, it's bad for the Dallas Cowboys, man. Jerry McCoy, they brought him in, signed him to a three-year deal this offseason. He was expected to play a big role in that defensive line, in there rotating with Don Terry Poe, and, and they just signed Everson Griffin and Aldous Smith. You know, you got D-Law on the opposite side. So, I mean, it's a huge loss for the Cowboys. Then they end up releasing him. So, I think now um, they're going to have Ty- Tyrone Crawford, Subbing in with Dante Poe and they could, and they still got Tristan Hillis too. So I think that the um, I think the Dallas Cowboys they'd be all right there. They got depth there. They weren't that bad against the run last year. They was kind of bad at the end of the season. But I think they'll be okay. But I mean, it's again, it's a huge loss for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, he's always been a leader for all the defenses that he's been a part of, and I think that he was going to be that big boost, right? That the Cowboys need, especially what that defensive tackle that gets you the the pressure up the gut. But you know, I think they did good. Like what. Like Kendall just mentioned, right, Tristan uh, Hill from what they who they drafted high in the second round last year. Maybe he'll get some looks for sure. Tyron Crawford knows the uh, he he knows that that position very well. He's been you know subbing it in for a couple of years. But another name, another name, which is uh, uh, Navelle uh, Gallimore. Maybe maybe we're gonna see a little bit more of him, right? Which is the Cowboys' third round pick this last year. So we'll see how it, how it goes from here. Also, wide receiver of the San Francisco 49ers, Jalen Hurd, tore his ACL and will not be playing this upcoming season. Yeah, and if it's one thing that don't need no wide receiver injuries, it's the San Francisco 49ers. They already lost Debo Samuel for probably about for the, probably the first month of the season. Now Jalen Hurd, they was expecting a lot from Jalen Hurd this year. So, I mean, it's unfortunate for the 49ers. Um, my wish is up to him. Um, they, they just signed Jerron Brown, though, formerly Seattle Seahawks in the Arizona corner. So, they're they, they going to add some depth there. But, man, um, Brendan Ayu, he's coming on in camp, so maybe he's he's going to be a big target. For them to start the season off in Debo Samuel, he'll be back within the first month. But, I mean, hats off to Jalen Hurd, man. I, I hate it for him. Well, I will say this. If there's one thing that we've seen from Kyle Shanahan is, damn, he knows he knows how to get the most, you know, bank out of, out of every situation, right? I mean, look what he did with Raheem Mostert, right? I mean, he turned him into – I mean, just a breakout candidate. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like the, the rookie Brandon Ayuk is going to get thrown right into it. And uh, Kyle Shanahan is going to make him look like a star in the league. So, I mean, if anything, you know, I'm pretty sure he'll find somebody to, to fill in that role. Uh, but that offense is still going to roll as long as that, 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 you know, that rushing attack is intact. 
Yeah, and then as uh, Kendall was saying, we did talk to Matt Mayoko last week. If you guys haven't heard that podcast, make sure to check that out. Uh, he did say that Debo Samuel is looking uh, – he's looking healthier and maybe he's going to come back sooner than what people are expecting. But still, uh, he's going to be out at least for the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, they're just – they're hurting, right? I mean, I know they signed uh, Tavon Austin, right, was one of the receivers they signed this past week. Yes, Tavon Austin. I forgot to mention Tavon Austin did get signed. He's more of a specialist, but he can pretty good. He's, he has a lot of speed on the outside, so he can be a good wide receiver for the 49 depth purpose anyway. Uh, also, too, Artie Burns looks like he, from the Chicago Bears, he has torn his ACL as well. Uh, Nick Chubb in concussion protocol after a bad neck tackle in practice. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's what the, the, the whole preseason is for, right? And all the OTAs is, is so these players can get their legs under the, under them, right? So, I mean, it's 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 hard, right? But this is unusual times. I mean, we're we're, we're they're making the most of it, and um, you stop and you look at it. Um, you know, <laughs> you stop, you look at it, and um, man, it just shows you how much it's needed, right? The OTAs, the the training camps, all this stuff, because from there you have significant injuries to either your offense or defense. You need to be able to fill fill that role immediately, and I I think that I mean we hope we don't see any more names, but I mean we still got some some times left before the actual start of the season. Yeah. Yes, honestly, I, I'm not going to be surprised if we keep on you know hearing names in the next uh, upcoming days as well, since uh, teams just put their pads on on Monday, so now practices are getting a little bit more physical. Also, Aaron Lynch uh, has. Uh, Looks like he's going to retire out of the league. This one comes a little bit as a shock. Yeah, Aaron Lynch. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised there too. He's a, I mean, he's a pretty good passer in college, and he, you know, he's with the, he, he was with the Jaguars. But like I said, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate situation again for Aaron Lynch. He, I think, I believe he was formerly with the Bears. Am I correct there? Yes. Yes, and yes. So I mean, it's, it's a bad situation. I mean, some we, I mean, it's just, I mean, we call these the dog days account. You know, some of these players they come in and you know they, they see how they see how. I mean, they're having personal problems, and they see how camp is going. And like, I mean, just look at the New England Patriots. Every year, it's like somebody from the Patriots they're retiring. As the offensive lineman or a wide receiver that they bring in, so I mean, sometimes I mean, life just hits us in different ways, and we know we have to do what's in the best interest of, for us. Yeah, it's unfortunate because you know he's already he's already a, a seasoned vet, and he got that contract from the Jaguars, right? So, so I mean, it's just one of those things that, I mean, man, this stuff happens from time to time. Yeah, and then also, too, uh, there's been a couple of trade rumors out there, right? Uh, one earlier today with uh, Yannick and Dockway. It looks like he's going to be out, um, out of his way in Jacksonville here pretty soon. Uh, rumors are starting to heat up that the Jets are the, you know, the team favored to land him. Uh, as we all know, they do have a lot of draft capital after the Jamal Adams trade. And then also the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think with 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 Unique and Darkway, I think I mean a great the best fit for my thing would probably go to the Raiders. They can actually give him the money that he wants, and plus they could use another pass rusher there. So I think it's probably a great fit for him. But I mean, he's he's definitely getting out of Jacksonville, and it's, the rooms are starting to heat up. It's just it's just a surprise that it's, it's it's taken this long, right? I mean, and we've been talking about this since he first held out. He said he wasn't going to play for the Jaguars, so. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he does land in a good situation and he gets paid what he, you know, what he what he deserves, right? Because he was a third rounder. Now, you know, he's playing up to a first round standard. So, I mean, if anything, he is deserving of a contract. Let's see if he gets it, and let's see if he gets with a team that would would be able to maximize his actual, you know, his his, his best trait, which is getting up to the quarterback. Don't be surprised if by tonight or tomorrow uh, he's traded. And I think the Jets are probably in the favor once to land him just because they have a lot of draft picks. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't trust the Jets, man. Look how long it took us to get rid of Jamal Adams. <laughs> I mean, let, let's think about it, though. Who, who on that team are they paying besides Le'Veon Bell? Uh, well, I guess they're going to have to pay Sam Darnold. That's the thing. I mean, are they? I mean, I think this is going to be really crucial for Sam Darnold. I agree, but they're going to have to pay him. I mean, that's their franchise quarterback. I or mean, so we think right now. Well, the team sold on him, and it looks like the majority of the of the league is sold on him as a franchise quarterback. Yes, and then also Melvin Ingram. Uh, it looks like he's holding out a camp uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's going into the last year of his contract. It looks like he's not happy with the money. 
Of course, we saw that Joey Bosa got a huge extension last week, and it looks like uh, Melvin Ingram is not happy, and he's possibly looking, to, you know, to leave Los Angeles. Yeah, well, yes, um, look at look at the look at the numbers. It's fourteen million, and none of it is guaranteed. So, I mean, if it was fourteen million guaranteed, I'm pretty sure he played out and then wait till next year. But if nothing's guaranteed, you know, I'm pretty sure that's what he's saying. Hey, I'm not gonna play unless you guarantee me that money. Yes, I mean that's exactly what he's saying. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, I think he wants to be there, be there with the Chargers. He's still fairly. I don't think I don't believe he's thirty years old yet. He's, he's still fairly young there, so I think. I mean, he's been a pretty good pass rusher there for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. You got Joey Bosa there. I mean, they've they've had a great tandem there for for a couple of years now. So I think it'd be a huge loss if he left. But I mean, it's the Chargers. Maybe they'll find a way to replace him. But I mean, the rumors are they're trying to trade him. But I think I think um at the end of the day they're gonna find some find a way and get and get and make him happy. Have you guys seen Hard Knocks? With the Chargers? Here, here, here and there. Here and there. Yeah, I've seen some. And I, I actually heard that he's been he, – he hasn't been practicing, but he's been there as far as the film room goes. So, I mean, it's just – it's going to be an interesting dynamic, right, because they should see that, hey, this guy's a team player. Let's, you know, let's pay him. Let's find a way to pay him. You know, in the past, we've seen the Chargers not be able to do that and have some key players, uh, you know, move to the other team. So, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens with that. And then also, too – Everson Griffin looks like he's found a home with the Dallas Cowboys. Finally. Yeah. Finally. I mean, he was, he was forever just trying. It, it, it was right. It's him and Jadavian Clowney just looking at bouncing around between uh, certain team names and stuff like that. And it looks like he finally settled in with the, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm pretty sure with Tom Sula, he's going to be creative, especially with the loss of Gerald McCoy. I mean, they did. They they uh, they were able to bring in Alden Smith, right, as a as a as a pass rusher, uh, opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. Like uh, Kendall mentioned earlier, you got Don Terry Poe, Tristan Hill, and uh, Navel uh, uh, Gallimore, and then now you got Everson Griffin, Alden Smith, and you don't even know you might even get Randy Gregory. So I'm pretty sure they're going to be using a lot of that. That's one thing that people don't really understand about Everson Griffin is he's super talented, especially off stunts. So if anything, you're, we're probably going to see a very unique Dallas defense that we've, we haven't seen in a few years. And I think that, you know, with, with, even though the, with that loss, I think that Everson Griffin's going to be a, a nice key addition for the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, good luck to quarterbacks and offensive lines and offensive coordinators preparing for this Dallas Cowboys defensive line this year. It is going to be a nightmare. It's going to keep you up at night. You got Alden Smith, like I said earlier, Demarcus Lawrence, Crawford, Poe. I mean, I mean, Everson Griffin now. I mean, and then they still might get Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. So, I mean, just good luck to everybody. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be a nightmare this year. That defensive line is going to be lethal, and I would not, I would not want to play against them. Coming up next, Parker Hall of our EastWestFootballNetwork.com draft analyst and scout will join us on the show. Stay tuned. Joining us tonight is our draft and scout for our East West Football Network, Parker Hall. How you doing, Parker? Good. How are you guys doing today? Great. Thanks for joining us. Great. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be part of the network and uh, working with you guys for sure. Hey, Parker, go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience and tell them exactly what you do for the East West Football Network.com. Yeah, so as Fidel said, I'm a draft analyst and scout for the East West Football uh, Network. I focus mainly on the Mountain West Conference, and that's kind of my day to day stuff, doing a lot of scouting reports there. And we actually just finished putting together a big border, our top 50. So uh, look for that to come out on the website and on YouTube. But yeah, we're just working, the whole team's just working hard. We're finding the next best prospects for the NFL in the 2021 draft, 2022 draft, and hopefully beyond here. So um, yeah, just tirelessly working at that. And among other jobs that we're doing, I used to actually write as the the NFC West uh, writer or division writer for the network and kind of just, I wouldn't say that I didn't enjoy it, but my true passion's in scouting. So when the guys gave me the opportunity, said we're starting the draft team, I had to throw my hat in there. That's really where my passion is. And just we're going hammer down on that now and working hard and tirelessly hours and hours. <laughs> hey, what's going on with your park? This Kendall. How you doing, Kendall? 
doing great, man. Doing great. I'm doing so good. Uh, one thing I want to ask you is, what do you enjoy the most about writing for the East West Football Network? Man, just like the family in general, like the whole team, like got some super talented people. And like, I think I'm super talented, but I read some of the other writers and everyone just so passionate. And I mean, it's just a great team that you three have put together as a whole. And I just, I mean, I know we're all going places. It's definitely <laughs> a great group and I can't say enough about every one of them. Right. I appreciate it, man. We were definitely grinding, man. Nobody sees the extra work we put in, the OT hours. I mean, I'm telling you, man, we, we got some stories to tell down the line. We, we, we grinding over here. And um, something else I want to ask you is, I, I know you do some work for the BC Lions, correct? Yes, sir. So, yeah, that's my main day job. <laughs> yeah. Who's a, who, who's a player in the Canadian League for the BC Lions that actually stood, stands out to you? That's tough. Okay, so this, for people that don't know the CFL too much, um, obviously I am the only Canadian on the East-West Sports uh, Network, which is truly an honor of mine. <laughs> but, I mean, I grew up a fan of a different team just because they're called the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which I would say is the equivalent to the Green Bay Packers in the NFL. I mean, just diehard fans, people live and breathe that team. And that my parents are from that province and province, if you don't know, it's the equivalent of an American state. So grew up diehard fan of them and, but grew up in BC, British Columbia, Vancouver, British Columbia. And after I finished school and stuff, I kind of got it on a job with them. And they're actually my second job out of school and still there today. Um, and that's just kind of my journey a bit to them. So I was never really a fan of them growing up. Obviously there's players I respect in the organization and, now that I know them even more, like, love them. But I guess my favorite players growing up, there was a defensive end named John Chick. He used to, he had a stint with Jacksonville, I'm pretty sure, and the Indianapolis Colts. So not too much time. Um, and then there's, yeah, just a few other guys that have been, had some stints in the NFL and stuff. But the main guy that sticks out to me right now is actually one of my colleagues. He's, his name's G. Roy Simon. He was a receiver at the University of Maryland, and I think he had a stint with, I want to say it was Tampa Bay or the Steelers or one of those two teams. Came up here to play, played his whole career up here as the all-time leading receiver in the CFL. Um, he's one of our scouts now, and he is just such a great man and uh, very honest, and he's willing to hear me out. Uh, I can ask him any question I have about uh, the scouting industry and stuff like that. And, just a great guy to be around and work with every day. Yes, it's excellent. I love watching the CFN. I'm definitely going to miss it this year. I hate it. It's not going to be a season this year. <laughs> so um, taking it back to the, to the college ranks and the NFL ranks, I know you do a lot of work for the network, writing and scouting. So I know, I know you've done your homework. Who's your top three wide receivers coming out this year? You know, wide receivers, I haven't even really started looking at too much yet. Uh, I mean, Justin Ross from Clemson's a big guy kind of I'm going to be a little biased here but there's two guys that actually have I've done a lot of homework on recently that stick out to me that are kind of going to be middle of the pack guys I wouldn't say they're top three but um, they uh, Trey Walker from San Diego State and Warren Jackson from Colorado State um, my little bias from being in the, the scout for the Mountain West Conference but I think those guys got some serious talent Trey Walker he was the number five uh, leading receiver in all of college football last year. And then Warren Jackson's just a six, six mammoth, like red zone thread. So I think those two guys, you got to watch um, Justin Ross, obviously we know what he's about. The two Alabama receivers are great. Um, LSU's got um, what's his name? Jefferson. Um, uh, he's just, Oh no, Chase, Jamar Chase. And, Jamar Chase. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're just, there's lots of talent around the league. Under, Underbuilt has a wide receiver. I can't. I don't. I don't remember his name out of hand, but um, they have a they have a pretty good wide receiver that's coming out this year. I just did a report on him the other day. I was I was doing. I looked watching some highlights, and I can't think of his name out of hand. It'll probably come up by the end of the show. But I think he's going to be. He got to potentially be a first round wide receiver this year. What what team I just missed you on I that? I think it's Vanderbilt. I think he plays with Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. I can't recall that off the top of my name. I know they uh, they got a good tight end, I think, there, too. Yeah. Unless I want to say, the say he plays for Vanderbilt, but I, I'll check back to make sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> appreciate it, Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me. Hey, Parker. Hey, Jerry. How you doing, my man? 
Good, man. So, uh, real quick. So, I mean, you you were you were you covered the NFC West. You did a, a tremendous job. You know, and thank you so much for that. And then when we told you, you know, hey, we're going to expand. We're going to do a draft team. I love the fact how you just jumped on it. I mean, right away, right? And we all love that, right? Because it's it's personal growth. And that was one thing that you had told us from the get from the get go is your passion for for the draft. So you know, we were a part of uh, we we put to, we put together the uh, big board, right? And uh, let's let just just real quick. So like you know, many people don't understand, right? When when you get you know a team, right? Like together that actually, like you said, does their homework. And we uh, explain, explain to the audience, explain to Fidel, explain to Kendall, how was the experience uh, during our, you know, our big board, uh, uh, naming our top 25 list on our big board? How was that experience for you? It was crazy. I mean, we all basically came in with our top five and obviously some of us that cover like ACC and uh, SEC and uh, Pac-12, Big 12. Um, Big Ten, right? They're going to be some of the hotter prospects that are coming off the board. Whereas you look at the Sun Belt and the Mountain West and some of the independent schools, I mean, they're kind of lower on the list. So we all came in with our top five and kind of went from there. And then we just decided like, hey, let's just start it off one to one to 25. And then we're just getting to around to 50 by the next time you probably hear from me. Yeah. Um, it's it it's funny because we spent four hours just on a zoom call talking and yelling at each other and i don't know there must be i how many people are there is there 20 of us it was uh, well to be exact the, the exact number is 15 but yeah it, yeah. it felt like 20 people on Man, the zoom. it was just it was hilarious because we were all like slamming our fists some guys yep. were more passive other guys were like screaming into the mic and yeah. we were just having such a good time doing it and i mean everyone had their different opinion obviously on different guys right is who are you going to draft first who's the best player who's the 25th best player right any one of those guys and even especially now this year with what it sounds like not a lot of college football is going to be played they're gonna it, those guys can get shuffled around anywhere right so oh, yeah. it, it, it's such a battle trying to trying to figure out who's our top 25 who's our top 50 uh, when we get to top 300 200 right? it just I, I think i think 250 would be the cutoff but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean overall i love the experience i mean if anything i mean it's just to be a part of something like what you said and we built that that sucker together and I mean, like you said, people were, were pounding their fists. They were, they, were, they were pounding their fists. And what I took away from the group was everybody loves to scout. And, and that one person there is winging it. They literally know what player is who. And they really brought a good, you know, they, got, they brought in good perspectives, good, I mean, just great evaluations, right? Like, hold on a minute. If you're going to rank this player at this player, then you got to take it to consider it, this, right? And the one thing that I brought that, that I came away from everything was I took it in admiration of, of how much time we've all spent like viewing the, the game tape, right? And we've been very fortunate to, to get our hands on some really good game tape so we can actually evaluate these players. But uh, let's, get, let's get back on track real quick. So long-term, what's, What's the long-term goal for Parker Hall? Like when it's all said and done, because this is a part of the, you, you are on your journey on your way there. It, I mean, it's not even a question in my mind. You're, you're, you're headed to your destination. What is your destination? Well, first off, just I appreciate the, the love and support that you have for me. You I mean, it's, it. <laughs> you, yeah, you pump my tires, you pump my brakes. It's, I mean, it's great. I appreciate having you guys as a family. And I mean, I obviously we're all going to do great things here, including this podcast. Um, wow. <laughs> Where am I going? I mean, obviously the dream one day is to become a CFL GM, NFL GM, right? It's, I mean, but kind of using this to show my capabilities and work with the team to get a scouting job, hopefully a front office job, and then work my way from there. And like I said the other day in our group text, I mean, going to get myself there and throw you guys the ladder down. That's kind of the way I operate. And I'm very, uh, just want you guys to succeed as much as I want to succeed. So. Most definitely. No, I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate your hard work, Parker. And I'll tell you this little, a little tidbit right there. I mean, I think that we've had, we've had, we've had on, we've had, we've, we've had on some good guests and stuff. And, and there's one, there's one guest that really sticks out to all of us here 
Uh, he's from the CFL, and that's uh, Raymond uh, Raymond L. Jackson. Uh, man, I, I just think that in the beginning, I mean, he explained to us how the CFL really how it works, the ins and outs, and man, I mean, we we love we we love him so much. Uh, uh, but I think he's more of an agent, but still, he's so informative. He gave us so much information, and uh, you know, it's just we 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 know that in the end, it all comes down to networking, and that's exactly what we're doing. And eventually, everybody's going to be able to see everything that we have to offer. Uh, I know that you have a YouTube coming out with Walter Stringer, right? Our draft, uh, our uh, senior draft analyst and uh, myself. So everybody make sure you stay tuned to uh, that YouTube coming out. Make sure you subscribe and uh, hit that like button too. But uh, sure. yeah. And I mean, I just got, I mean, the way I kind of fell into your guys's lap or I mean, got the opportunity to work with you is obviously I linked up with Kendall. Um, we did the sports management worldwide uh, GM and scouting class. And even before that, I took the agency course and I truly believe like I'm not going to sell them, pitch them or anything. Right. And you guys can do what you want. But I truly believe those really boosted my resumes to help me get the job in the CFL and move me to here. Obviously, meeting Kendall networking and stuff like that. We met some other great guys that are part of our East West Sports Network and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it truly is comes down to networking and as much as sometimes I think I'm an introvert, it really, you got to go out of your way and just hustle and make sure it's, you treat people well and people treat you well as well. Yep. I think, I think you said it perfectly fine. But thank you so much, Parker, again. Uh, thank you so much for uh, all your hard work. Appreciate you, Jerry. Yes, I'm back, Parker. Um, I had to think about that receiver for Shard Bateman from Purdue. Yeah, yes. Bateman. I get for some reason I get Purdue and Vanderbilt mixed up. I don't know why, but yeah, he, Rashad Bateman from Purdue. He is a he, he's a nightmare on the outside. I love him in the red zone. He's a good wide receiver. Remind me of like a Kenny Britt, Dez Bryant, Josh Gordon wide receiver. Totally, totally. And even just coming off the top of my head for another top three, the, I can't his name escapes me, which is terrible. But uh, the Minnesota receiver, um, he is. Just the red zone threat as well. Big guy. And yeah. He really performed last year, too. Not Tyler Johnson. He came out this year, but he came out this past year. But you, I know you, you talk about the wide receiver they have this year that's coming out. I, yeah. I, I think you're talking about Rondell Moore. No, no, that's the Purdue guy. I'm talking yeah. about the Minnesota guy. Is, yeah, it's uh, Rashad Bateman. Yeah. Bateman. Yeah. 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 Minnesota's from Rashad Bateman's from Minnesota. But yeah. the, one he was, the one he was talking about was Rondell Moore, but it's all good. They're, they're both great athletes. Uh, they're great wide receivers. Uh, both of them are going to be on the, on the big board, actually. On the, uh, I think uh, Bateman is a little bit higher, but I'm not going to. Yeah. We won't go into more, too, too many details. We don't want to leak our big board. You guys got to go to the website and read you gotta, that. Yeah, you got to go to the big board. EastWestFootballNetwork.com. All right, Parker. Well, we appreciate all the work you do for the website, and uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll chat with you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the opportunity you guys give me, and uh, it's been fun, and hopefully it continues to be a blast. <laughs>
he is going to tear this league up for the next few years. He, he's going to be an animal. I've always been an A.J. Brown fan. They have Ryan Tannehill. He's going to be the quarterback. I really feel he's, he's, going, he's going to be the guy for the next couple of years. He's not the future future, but I think for the next three or four years, he definitely can be their guy. So I think the Titans are in prime position to make another deep playoff run. And, and it goes from the coach, right? The coach established the right culture, and that culture is similar to the uh, New England Patriots, but with Mike Vrabel's twist to it. So this is a team to watch out and take very serious this season. Coming in at number eight, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so everyone was surprised a bit when they drafted uh, Jordan Love, quarterback, in the first round. They also did draft A.J. Dillon, running back. So I, I believe that's going to help out the running, uh, the running game as well. I think with the Green Bay Packers, it's going to be interesting. It's been an interesting offseason. It's going to be an interesting season for them. I mean, we don't know what to expect this year. They didn't do much in the draft to help out Aaron Rodgers. They drafted a running back. And then, I mean, I think that, that was literally it. It's, it's literally just Devontae Adams, and that's it on that offense. So I think um, Rodgers thought it was going to add some weapons there, so, but they didn't. They drafted Jordan Love. So, I mean, I think a room with all this is going to be this, this is going to be um, Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the, how the season plays out for the Packers. Well, look, you can't count out you. We none of us can count out the 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 actual Packers. They have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, okay, maybe he's you know at the back, you know, at mid thirties, but still, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron freaking Rodgers, and I said freaking. <laughs> but going back to what I was saying, I mean, yes, they do. They didn't really surround him with the talent, but Aaron Rodgers has shown us through the years he doesn't need the talent because he's going to put the ball exactly where it needs to be, and. This is the second year with that head coach, and he's implementing his system. Last year, Aaron Jones, the running back, had a ton. He had uh, he had a great season and took a lot of pressure off of Aaron Jones. I think that we should see the same this year. So, like I said, you can't count out the Packers. Coming in at number seven, the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are one of the most interesting teams in the NFL, especially with the offseason they had. Uh, they did add Gerald McCoy, but unfortunately – towards ACL, they released them. Uh, they re-signed Amari Cooper. They drafted CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. So this often seems like it can be, you know, um, if Dak can get them on the ball, they can be a very explosive offense. I cannot wait to see how the Dallas Cowboys do this year. I mean, they, they, they drafted CeeDee Lamb. They didn't even think he was going to be there. They drafted CeeDee Lamb. I mean, probably one of the top three wide receivers coming in this league and in, into the league's draft this year. I mean, you got CD, Gallup, Cooper, Z, and guess what? Guess what the common denominator the common denominator is? All those guys during their twenties. They're, they're not old. They're in their twenties. And they, they got plenty. They got plenty of trade left. So I think with on the Cowboys this year, they're gonna have a pretty good year. And then they 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 drafted. They got a lot of D line depth. Never Gallimore. They got Crawford, D Law. I mean, <laughs> going and on. They have a lot. They have a lot of guys. So Everson Griffin's going to be there. So I think the Cowboys are going to have a pretty good year. And let's not forget about they're moving Jalen Smith around in the linebacker at the linebacker position this year. So he's going to be more. He's going to be moving around a lot. So it'll be very interesting to see how they do this year. But I think Cowboys at seven is that's a great spot for them. Yeah, normally, normally, right? The the actual professionals would not give the Cowboys such a high ranking because it's a new it's a new coaching staff. But if you look at what Mike McCarthy did was he brought he he retained the OC right Kellen Moore so by retaining Kellen Moore you're able to still keep that offensive you know somewhat of the same offensive scheme in place so they'll be able to slowly bring in Mike McCarthy's scheme so this is this is like what what Kendall and Fidel said they had a great offseason I think they added some extra some extra depth, especially with the rookies. Unfortunately, with the rookies, it takes. They say we cannot judge the rookie class until two, three years. But I do think that with CD Lamb, he is going to be able to make an impact on the offense, right? It, it, in other words, pick your poison or where you want to go. But uh, just because Kellen Moore is there and uh, Dak Prescott is still running, uh, is still call is is the play is the actual quarterback there. And of course Zeke, I think they're going to have the utmost. Um, they're gonna they're gonna have a great season as far as balance and both offense and defense, and this is a good a good spot for them. I think hiring Mike McCarthy was a huge win this offseason for the Cowboys. Coming in at number six, the New Orleans Saints. 
So we all know last year uh, they had a disappointing end to their season, losing to the Minnesota Vikings on wild card weekend. Uh, one of the key acquisitions they did in, via free agency was signing Emmanuel Sanders. So uh, getting Michael Thomas that help that he needs right on that offense. And I didn't know this, but it looks like Alvin Kamara played with a torn ACL for about six or seven weeks, which is mind-boggling, right? I mean, we no wonder we kind of didn't see the same um, you know, progress we saw a year ago. The Saints, man, I think they had a pretty good offseason too. I mean, I think this is going to be Drew Brees last year, so I think they're going to go all in for this year. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, the formula of the San Francisco 49ers during Broncos. I mean, I think Michael Thomas, he has somebody finally – he finally has another receiver that can, that can, that can take the dough team away from Michael Thomas on the other side. So I think the Saints, they're going to have a really good this, really good year this year. Emmanuel Sanders, he, he's going – I think he's going. I think he's going to eclipse a thousand yards this year. We already know what Michael Thomas is going to do. I think the Saints. I mean, they just had an injury with Andrews Pete, but I think they'll be all right for the most part. The secondary remains intact. They got Mark. They got on um, Lattimore on one side, and let's not forget they still have Janoris Jenkins, former of the New York Giants. They got Janoris Jenkins. He's getting older in age, but he had a pretty good um, year last year when he came in last year. I think the Saints. They're going. To, they're in prime position to, have, to go on another deep playoff run, and six is a great spot for them. Yeah, you look at it. I mean, they have the right coach. They have the right coach in place. They have the right quarterback in place. And now they, they actually solidified that backup quarterback position, right, which has been one of Fidel's uh, favorite uh, acquisitions with Jameis Winston, right? Um, so when you, look at, when you look at the big picture, I think overall the Saints have done enough to, to continue to make a strong push, not only into the playoffs, but maybe a potential Super Bowl run. Great spot for them. Coming in at number five, the Seattle Seahawks. Biggest move they made this offseason was trading for Jamal Adams. It might it might have been for a King's ransom, but they got their defensive back that they were looking for. Yes, the Seahawks trying to get back to their old ways, get back to physical. You know, you know how you know how they was with the Legion of Bone and Richard Sherman and Brown and all those guys. So I think the Seahawks they're gonna have a pretty good season. They're they they're, they're another sleeper team because everybody the hype in the division. The 49ers are getting the hype. The Cardinals are getting the hype. Even the Rams have been getting a little, a little bit of hype lately. So I think on the Seahawks, they're coming in this year to chip on the shoulder. They're going deep in the playoffs this year. And then they might get Josh Gordon back whenever um, the league lift, lift his um, lift, this suspension to him. He's, he's not in the league right now. So it's, it's going to be pretty good. But the Seahawks, I can't wait to see how they play this year. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, Russell Wilson is a top three quarterback. And yeah, I said it, a top three quarterback. That – that man is going to keep you and he's going to keep you in the game. He's going to actually win the game for you and he's going to get you in the playoffs and he's going to put up, he's going to give whatever team they're facing fits. And that defense is getting stronger. Like you said, with those key acquisitions, I think that Jamal Adams is just that spark plug that they're, that they needed to get that defense restarted and watch out. Coming in at number four, Kendall's favorite team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had a tremendous <laughs> offseason, a tremendous offseason, of course, spotlighting. They signed Tom Brady away from the New England Patriots. Also, Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement to play with his old buddy Tom. We already know what they already had on offense. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard. This team is stacked. And then they also added LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, I mean, first off, Take off that cap, please. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but but Kendall's wearing a New England Patriots hat. The Buccaneers, they're going they're going to be good this year. They got Tom Brady. I don't like the name of Tampa Bay, but they got Tom Brady, and he's he's looking good in camp. He's he's looking real good in camp. It's practice, but he's, he's looking real good. Him and my Evans, they're getting chemistry. They got Cameron Bray, OJ Howard, Gronk. Good. I mean, they got it. They they signed Lashawn McCoy back last week, week for last. So I think and. But my thing about the Buccaneers is the defense. You, you, you made all these moves on the offense. Can that defense keep up with Drew Brees and Matt Ryan? Can they keep up with them? That's the only thing. But um, they drafted Antoine Winfield in the draft at safety. He's an undersized safety, but he's a pretty good safety, and he's having a pretty good count so far. But I think Tampa Bay, Tom Brady didn't go to Tampa just to get to the playoffs. He went there to go deep and to go deep, make, make a deep playoff home, get to the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year. So it'll be very interesting, but I, I think they'd be pretty good this year. Yeah, you got to watch out. That defense is actually a little bit underrated. And, and, and yeah, I mean, so 
Yeah, I mean, Shaq Barrett was a complete monster for them last year, and and they added they added some some key pieces uh, to the draft class. I think that Antoine Winfield is going to be starting on that defense, and he's a turnover machine. I will tell you this: you had said something interesting about Tom Brady. He looked good in what did you say he looked good in? Practice. Oh, but you earlier we talked about another quarterback looking good in practice. <laughs> <laughs> or looking back, I, I I don't remember what quarterback we was talking about. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure because we were talking about practice, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, all all with all jokes aside, um, so it's just so everybody knows. So we were talking about Jared Stidham, and uh, apparently he looks good at practice, but he threw three interceptions. For though, was it three? Three. Three interceptions, yes. Not one, not two, but three. three. It's, pra- it's practice. Oh. Remember what I told you. Everything you do say can and will go against you. But <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get back. Let's get back to business. The Buccaneers with Tom Brady, all those weapons, he is gonna know where to dink, and he's gonna know where to, to he's just gonna know where to where, who to give the ball to. And you know what? Watch out. You got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Oh my goodness, Rob Gronkowski, and then and then Cameron Bray. I mean, I don't even think they need OJ Howard, right? Probably gonna trade him. They don't. Oh, no, they're they're not gonna trade him. They're gonna keep him just to just to show off. <laughs> but I'm just saying, this is this is this is wow. The Buccaneers have been needing a spark like this in a long time. That whole that whole entire town is just. I mean, they're they're on cloud nine right now. So I think that watch out. Watch out. The Buccaneers are a team to watch out for, especially in the NFC South. Coming in at number three, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this team was a very promising one, especially in the regular season, uh, but they stumbled against the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs. Um, They stumbled more on, I should say, Derrick Henry in the running game, right? Uh, But this is a very interesting team. Uh, They traded for Calais Campbell in the offseason. They... They're actually working out Des Bryant, Kendall's guy, Des Bryant. He's going to have a workout with them tomorrow. Um, so I, we have really high expectations for the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, the Baltimore Ravens. Is this finally the year that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson get over the playoff hurdle? Is this, is this, is this finally the year? I mean, you know, his rookie year when he came in, uh, when he came in later on in the year, he came in a little bit. The Chargers, he, he was, he, he, they overwhelmed him. He didn't have a good game, and it, it just wasn't pretty last year. It didn't, didn't have a good game. The Titans, I mean, stats wise, he looked good, but if you actually watched the game, it wasn't a good game for him. He wasn't ready for the moment. So it's this year, it's this year the time. And they had a they had a real good draft. Malik Harrison, linebacker at Ohio State, Patrick Queen from LSU. They had um Devin Dun Devin Dunavay, the um wide receiver from Texas, James Prochet from SMU, the wide receiver. So they had a pretty good draft. Um they got Calais Campbell. So I think that's a good that's that's a good move for him. And then they got a they got a they got a um a little visitor coming in to work out for him tomorrow. His name is Dez Bryant. He's going to come in. I think they're going to sign him because they need, they need a proven veteran outside of Marquise Brown. He's going to come in. He's, he's going to throw that X up this year for Baltimore. Five hours. For, I mean, it's five hours from my hometown in North Carolina. He's going he's gonna to have a pretty good year this year. So, I think they, if they sign Dez tomorrow or tomorrow, between tomorrow and Friday, it's going to be a good season for the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm going to root for him. First and foremost, Dez Bryant, I know you're going to hear this pretty soon. Please – bring Kendall on your payroll, okay? This man needs to be on your payroll. He has pitched your name to everybody that we've talked to. Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Matt Mayoko. Anybody we can, anybody he can get the chance to bring Jay- you up, he does. So he's your number one fan, Des Bryant. If you hear this podcast, please email us. Get a hold of Kendall. He wants to talk to you, man. He's a huge fan. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's. I. I it goes beyond the fan. I think. I think it's like a. I think it's almost like a brotherhood, right? But let's get back to business. If if that happens for the Baltimore Ravens, that's going to take a lot of that. That will. That will help. That would help that offense at some capacity. We don't know the extent, right? Because he's been out of the league for a couple of years. But let's get back to the actual Ravens. So, with the Ravens, they did have a a great off season, right? They got some key acquisitions. And they added they added depth to the running back position. I think that was one name you forgot to mention, right? J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. So I think that it's just going to be basically a repeat of last year. 
if Lamar, if Lamar can stay healthy, watch out. I think that he knows exactly where he made his mistakes and they're going to be able to correct it. And they're going to be right there with the chiefs and that AFC conference championship, right? Fighting it out to see who goes to the Super Bowl. Coming in at number two, the San Francisco 49ers. So they obviously had a very disappointing loss in the Super Bowl last year. Um, they did make some key acquisitions, most notably Trent Williams um, from the Washington the Washington team. I really can't say their old name now, right? But from the Washington team, uh, they drafted Javon Kinlaw um, to replace DeForest Buckner. So they, they've been making some moves. just seems now like this injury bug is really, uh, really starting to hit them. Yes, 49ers sitting there at two, and they came up a, a few plays short from the Super Bowl, from winning the Super Bowl. And we actually had one of their number one reporters on, Matt Mielko, last Matt Mielko, last week. So, I mean, pretty good podcast with him. He talked good, talked some good 49ers ball with us. Debo Samuels hurt for a few weeks into the season. They got Brenda Ayu. He's having a pretty good training camp. Richard Sherman's still there. And that defensive line, they got depth there, and it's, they're scary, and it's young. Um, can't forget they added Trent Williams. Next on Jared McKinney, is he finally will get on the field for the 49ers at running back? I mean, <laughs> so I mean, it'd be very interesting to see what they do. But I think the 49ers, they're in prime position to make another deep playoff run this year. And they might even get to the Super Bowl this year and win it this year because they are loaded. I was surprised that I didn't hear Dez on that one. But anyway, getting back to the 49ers. <laughs> uh, man. They, they, it's, it's crazy, right? The 49ers, they, they seem to lose, you know, a key part in their, in their entire team, right? Whether it be offense or defense and Cal Shanahan just pulls, you know, he just pulls magic out of a hat and falls. He finds somebody that can plug and play and he will, he will be able to bring out the best of them. But I will tell you this with that offseason they had and that rebuild that they've been a part of and, and, and been doing for the last couple, last, what, three years now. They're going to be right back in the Super Bowl. Uh, this is a team to contend for. Um, not once that I ever think I would, I, would t- I would actually, you know, side with the 49ers here. But you know what? The 49ers are right now, in my opinion, the best team in the NFC. And coming in at number one, the Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Believe it or not, they pretty much maintained that same team they had last year. And they, I think they even got even better during the draft, drafting uh, Ed, uh, Edwards, um, Clyde or Lair from a running back out of LSU. Um, so, I mean, I really high expectations, and I think this is the best team in football. Yes, the Chiefs, Super Bowl champions, signed Patrick Mahomes to that big deal. Bro, the, the AFC West, the AFC, and the NFL have to deal with Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 to 15 years. He is going to tear this league up. He's going. To, they're going to win that division for the for the next few years. Sorry for that. I know you're a Raiders fan, but they're going to win the division for the next few for, for the next few years. And look what they did in the draft. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> it's it's crazy. they they drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Damian Williams he opted out. So, but I mean, with all the weapons the Chiefs got, with Sammy Watkins, Tyree Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Harmon. Keep an eye on the name of McCole Harmon this year from Georgia. He's going to have a pretty good year this year. He didn't get quite enough playing time last year because Demarcus Robinson. But they could, like they got they're like four or five wide deep at wide receiver, and they improved the defense a little bit in the draft too and in phrasing. But the Kansas City Chiefs they're going to have a pretty good year. And I'm going to say it one more time, McCole Harmon. He might get a thousand yard eight hundred. I'm calling for eight hundred yards from this year. I love my wide receiver, but McCole Harmon he is an animal. He's going to be good. And another reason why it's going to be good because the receivers opposite him. They're going, to, they're going to take the pressure off of him. So, he's, I mean, he, I mean, he's, he's going to have a pretty good year this year, and I can't wait to see that Chiefs offense with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Them, them, them hoes for him this year are going to be huge. I will say this. What do they what do they call Pat Mahomes? They call him the Ferrari, right? So, man, that Ferrari, he knows, ex- <laughs> he knows how to drive a Ferrari, right? And uh, as long as he can stay healthy, I mean, it's going to be nearly impossible – Especially we we look back at, at last year in the Super Bowl, the 49ers probably had the best defense as far as getting the pressure right up the middle and outside. But man, he he just he could make magic happen. I, I will say this: I've said this in the past. I think that Pat Mahomes is the Steph Curry of the NFL. I mean, you know how Steph Curry was, you know, could make threes, uh, you know, a three point shot from a half court, you know, <laughs> a half court or full court away. That's exactly what Patrick Mahomes is doing in the NFL. We've never seen a talent like this before. 
This individual is more than a quarterback. I just think that he's won that entire city over. Uh, just the way he he carries himself. Watch out. We might have a back-to-back Super Bowl champs this year. We we, we may have. So, the number one. All right, and that's going to go on and wrap up our preseason East-West football podcast power rankings. All right, guys, and that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the East-West Football Podcast. Jerry, Kendall, any final thoughts before we get off the air? Yes. Um, I mean, we said it in our top ten countdown of the, of the our power rankings for the team about the Baltimore Ravens. Um, it's kind of some late news. Des Bryant is working out with the Ravens tomorrow. It'll be tomorrow morning, so we should know something by tomorrow afternoon. Probably, probably Definitely by the end of the week, but probably by Friday we should know something. My gut feeling is I think um, they, they're going to sign Des Bryant and add him to the team, and he'll be wearing the number 88 jersey. So um, just something to keep an eye on, but that's just some late news we ran across. I know who – if that happens, I know who who will be throwing up the X. Uh, but <laughs> get back to get back to the subject. Hey, man, it's awesome. Football is back, and us just talking about football, man, I love this. This is what we do, right? And uh, – just thank you. Special thanks to our EastWestFootballNetwork.com draft analyst and scout, Parker Hall, for joining us on the podcast. Make sure you visit EastWestFootballNetwork.com for all your latest news and updates. Uh, make sure you check us out on YouTube, East West Football Network. Follow, give us a like. And with that being said, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast as well. And you guys have a great night. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the chip? No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.